First Kings chapter 17. It's good to be home. Amen. Good to be home. I like traveling, but I like traveling home better. And uh, thank you to all of you who helped make sure that we've not lost momentum. And we have not lost momentum. I feel it today. It's We've not lost momentum. Thank you for being faithful in prayer. Thank you for being faithful in church attendance. Even when pastor's not in town. That is a symbol of spiritual maturity. That I'm not just living for God because my pastor tells me to. I'm living for God for God. Now, that means I need a pastor. But when pastor's out of town, we're still pushing the kingdom forward. We're not just going to have good church when pastor's home or when pastor's family is home. But we're going to push forward in the kingdom. So thank you, Brother Stratton, for making sure prayer was pumping, moving forward. Tuesday night and Wednesday night. Thank you to Brother Stender. He did a great job teaching on Wednesday night. He did a great job. It's good to be home. Thank you for praying. And we had a great time with Brother and Sister Chapman last Sunday in Gastonia, North Carolina. It's a suburb of Charlotte. And let me tell you, God is pouring out his spirit pouring out his spirit we are living in the last days truly we god could come back at any moment i want to be ready i want to be ready first king 17 and verse 1 says in elijah the tishbite who was of the inhabitants of gilead said unto Ahab Elijah's feeling pretty salty pretty spunky he's got a word from God let me tell you sometimes preachers we get hopped up in the moment we get charged up I got a word from God Elijah said, talking to the king, as the Lord God of Israel liveth before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years. It would eventually be three and a half years. But according to my word, God said it's drying up and it won't rain and there won't be any dew until God says there's going to be rain or dew. Elijah well he's feeling pretty salty in the moment verse 8 the word of the Lord came unto him saying arise get thee to Zarephath which belongeth to Zidon and dwell there behold I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee we skip through a lot 
we'll circle back around to it I promise we're going to preach this morning back to the barrel there's a lot to preach in 1 Kings 17 there's a lot we're going to cover what we can but I want somebody to be encouraged today I want somebody to get a hold of God's plan for your life today and see that, that what we're going to study and what we're going to preach about today still applies to our lives. In Jesus' name, let's put our Bibles down. Let's go before the Lord in prayer. God, we love you and we thank you for your word. God, I thank you for your word that is forever settled in heaven. God, I pray that your spirit would move. God, I pray that you would work in my heart, in my mind, in my life. God, that the words spoken today would not simply be my words, but God, that it, they would be your words to your people, to your church, to your city. God, I thank you for all those who are here today. And God, I pray that your will would be done in this house. In the name of Jesus, we pray. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Why don't we clap our hands unto him today? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You can be seated this morning. First Kings chapter 17 finds Elijah prophesying against Ahab and his kingdom. He prefaces his message with this authoritative statement. He says, as the Lord God of Israel liveth, he lets Ahab know, I'm not coming in my own name. The words that you are going to hear are not Elijah the Tishbite's words, but they are the words of the God of Israel who liveth. I'm not coming in my own name nor will the drought that I'm prophesying of come from my words. It is not my bringing of this punishment, but he is but sent as the bearer of the word of the Lord, the word of him whom Israel had forsaken, but the word of the one who alone was worthy to be called the living God. He is staring into the eyes. I don't believe that Elijah is cowering. I don't believe that he was feeling soft. I don't believe he was feeling cuddly. I believe he felt prickly. I believe he was feeling salty. He's got a word from God, and it's not something that's making him cower down, but it's something that he feels so strongly that he's standing straight as a man and he's looking into the eyes of Ahab the evil king the evil king of Israel this Baal worshiper this this man who has ushered in or allowed the ushering in of idolatry and he's saying Ahab I want you to know that God knows what you've been up to God knows where you have been and God knows the, the path that you have led Israel down and that's not gone unnoticed by God but God is ushering in a time of hardship in order to pull his people back to himself 
And so the word of the Lord says, there's not going to be dew. There's not going to be rain. Until I say enough. The word of the Lord came unto him. Verse 2. Pardon me. If you oversleep, don't text me while I'm preaching. The word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward. Hide thyself. Oh, man. But God, I'm feeling salty. God, I've been given a a word by you. And God's saying, I know that you've, you've delivered the word. Now I'm telling you that there's a place that I have prepared for you. Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself. Conceal thyself by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. The word Cherith means a cut. There's a cut in the terrain. There is a ravine in the terrain. And and I know, Elijah, that eventually you're going to go across Jordan and you're going to take the mantle that represents the anointing and the power and the authority that I have given you and you're going to smite the Jordan River. But before you get there, there are some things i got to cut out of your life. Let me tell you, I know that there are times in our life when it's a drought and it feels dry and it feels like we can't get any prayer through. There have been times in my life, right before we left to go to Summit, my wife and I decided we were going to fast. God told us to fast. We ended up fasting for 15 days. And Brother Pinkerton, while I was fasting, typically I, I have good prayer time as well. But out of 15 days, there was one day in 15 that I felt like I really broke through. And when I broke through, God gave me visions. God cast vision. But the other 14, I had made up my mind, God, I'm going to pray at least an hour every day. And it was dry. So what did I do? I say, well, you know what? Fooey on this. God, if an hour is not going to cut it and I'm not going to feel anything, then I'm praying for 15 and I'm splitting. I'm blowing this popsicle stand. No, because sometimes when it's dry, God's saying there's things in you that I got to work out before I can take you to where I want you to go. So let me just preach to you. In your times of isolation, you let God work on you. In your times of loneliness, in your times of don't you let the enemy drag you backward. But God said, Elijah, I got a place prepared for you that I want to work some things into your spirit before you make it to Jordan, before you get over there. And when he would cross Jordan, he would never return. It'd be a chariot of fire that came down from the heavens and ushered him away. Before you get there, it's on this side of Jordan, it's the brook chariot. It shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook. And I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. Now, it's a place that I've prepared. There's a place that I know of that I want you to dwell. It's a cut. It's a break 
in the terrain. There's a brook there. It's not a miraculous flow of water. It was simply the location of water that had not been totally affected by the drought yet. There's still something there. And I have commanded the ravens. Elijah is Hebrew. Ravens are unclean. And Elijah could have said, wait, 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 God. Whoa, hang on. Time, time. Ref, I need a time out. We need to review the play on the field. You want me to go, I can go sit by the brook. I got no issue with that. But just camp out for a while. The Tishbites were from Gilead. They, it was a mountainous region. He said, I, I got it. I'm, I'm good with the, the ravine. I'm good with climbing. I'm good with all of that. I can camp out by the brook. Got no issues. But can I take a fishing pole? He could have done something like that. He, can, I, can I set out a trap? Can I eat the wild berries? I mean, but you want me to be fed by dirty birds, ravens. But God said, I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. For he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning. And bread and flesh in the evening. And he drank of the brook. Elijah is not found arguing with God. He's just saying, okay. Bread and flesh in the morning, I can deal with that. Bread and flesh in the evening, I can deal with that. There's still some water. God, I thank you. That you're supplying my needs. It, it seems to be that there's a, a, a cutting away of some things in Elijah's life. And here in a few moments we'll realize why. You go sit by the brook Cherith. Bread and flesh in the morning. Bread and flesh in the evening. This drought was God's way of punishing Israel for idolatry. They had sinned in worshiping Baal after they entered the promised land. And so King Ahab worshipped and served Baal, a false Canaanite god that supposedly controlled the storms, the rain, and the increase of crops and animals. And God is saying, where's Baal now? Those things that you thought supplied your every need, I have control of. Just like he had to show himself more powerful than the gods of the Egyptians, now he's having to prove to Israel again, you're not getting supplied by Baal. You're not getting supplied by even that weekly or monthly paycheck. But God wants you to know he is your provider. Even when it might come from an unlikely source. Bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening time. But there came a day, I'm going to hurry through this, there came a day when all of a sudden Elijah wakes up in the morning and maybe he grabs his little canteen and he wanders down to the brook and he's wiping the sleep out of his eyes. 
out of his eyes. You know, his eyes are half closed. They're all fuzzy from the sleep. And he's, he's trying to, man, it's dry. I feel like I got sand in my eyes. He kneels down next to the brook and he dips his little canteen in it. There's no water here. I don't understand. Why is there no water here? He looks around. There's no bird. He's never been more worried about ravens in his life. Where are the birds? God said the thing that I used to sustain you for a little while is dried up. The word of the Lord came unto him saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, or Sidon. What's taking place here is that God is calling him out of Israel, Israel proper, to a widow of Zarephath in a land that belonged to Zidon into a Gentile country. I'm reminded of the vision of the Apostle Peter on the rooftop of Simon the Tanner's house when he sees the sheet come down and it's filled with all kinds of four-footed bees. And God said, Peter, arise, slay and eat. Lord, I've not eaten anything unclean. And Elijah's thinking, okay, he, he had the ravens bring me food. He had the, the meat and the, and the, the, the flesh and the, and the bread every morning and the, the, the meat and the, the bread every night. And, and God's, what is God doing? God's breaking down his walls. He's letting him know that I know that, that there's a woman over here. That, that's going to need you. She doesn't need you right now, but I got to get the walls of your heart broken down so that you can go and minister there. He said, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. Now there's a lot of widows already in the land of Israel in the days of Elijah, and some, it is likely, would have allowed him or even welcomed him to their houses, but yet, he is sent to honor and bless with his presence a city in Sidon, a Gentile city. And so Elijah would become the first prophet to the Gentile people. And God said, Elijah, I'm over here and you're listening to my word. You're doing a good job. You're following my instruction. You're doing a good job. That's why you're still being blessed. That's why you're still alive. That's why there's still been water. That's why there's still been bread and meat, even though it come from unlikely sources. But Elijah, as I'm talking to you over here, I'm talking to somebody else over there. I'm talking to a little Gentile lady who's a widow. Let me tell you that you don't know where that next blessing's going to come from. You don't know where that next soul is located, where that you're going to win. He said, but there's a widow woman over here who right now in this dispensation ought not to have access to what she's going to have access to. But I'm going to send you to that woman's house and there's going to be a miracle take place. So he arose and went to Zarephath. When he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks 
He called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. Okay. And as she's going to fetch it, it's the first test of obedience. The brook's dried up. I'm thirsty. What will you do? And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thy hand. Listen to what this little Gentile woman says. She said, as the Lord thy God liveth. She's a Gentile. I know that we're Gentiles, but we're living in a different time. The door was not open to the Gentiles as an entire people at this time. We always think of this little widow woman as being an Israelite, but she's not. But she recognizes, uh, according to what God had been speaking to her, I know who this man is. God told Elijah, I've already been dealing with her. And she said, as the Lord thy God... I know you're a man of God. As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake. I don't have any bread. What I have is not sufficient for what you need. I come to preach to somebody today that doesn't feel like you can even bless the kingdom. You may not even feel like you have anything to offer, but this little widow woman, she said, it's just me and my boy. I'm getting ahead of myself. She said, I'm out here to pick up two sticks. I just got a handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil in the cruise. I'm gathering two sticks. That's how much meal I've got. Two sticks. I'm going to go in. I'm going to make one biscuit. My boy and I are going to split it. More than likely, he'll, he'll get two-thirds and I'll take a third. Because she's a mama. Or maybe she'll just say, hey, buddy, eat this. I'm going to go make me another one. He doesn't know how much meal's in the barrel. She's going to watch him eat his last. And then we're just going to die. came today to preach somebody, to somebody that feels like that. God, I'm going to try to go to church one more time. And God, if you don't work today, if you don't move today, I might just die. But Elijah said to her, fear not. Go and do as you have said. But first, make the man of God a little cake. Oh, you. I'm just saying, if, it, if he had been talking to me, who do you think you are? You want me to give you the cake? instead of my baby 
looks like you've been eating pretty good. My boy's skin and bones. But this was not her response. Because despite her being a Gentile, her heart had been opened to the point where she was able to hear God's voice. And God said, Elijah, man of God, I have put it in her heart to sustain you. Despite what she's lacking. There's a desire in her heart to be used by God despite how it looks. That doesn't, that hasn't changed her situation. She still just got a little handful of meal and a little bit of oil in the cruise. However, when she's approached and the man of God says, ma'am, sister, Are you willing to give God all that you have left? Your most prized possession. At that point, if he'd have asked her for her house, she'd have signed the deed. Here, take it. I'm just going to eat it and die. No doubt, she'd already cooked the donkey, the camels, What would my response be if God told the man of God to ask me for all that I had left? I'm preaching in the short rows today. He said, fear not. Go and do as thou hast said. Your plan is right. Go cook it. But make me thereof a little cake first and bring it unto me. And after, make for thee and for thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel. I know you're not an Israelite, but this is what God is saying. I know you may not have the Holy Ghost today, but this is what God's saying. I know you may feel like an outsider today, but this is what God is saying. I know you may not be baptized in Jesus' name yet, but this is what God is saying. I know you may not have been filled with His Spirit yet, but this is what God is saying. If you'll bring to the kingdom what you have left, the barrel of meal shall not waste. Neither shall the cruise of oil fail until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. We could fast forward to the book of Matthew and Jesus said, They that hunger and they that thirst after righteousness shall be filled. The man of God said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed, his children begging for bread. I come to preach to somebody today that God will never forsake you. God will never leave you high and dry. 
But what God will ask for is, are you willing to bring me what you have left in spite of how it affects your plans? In sp- I know that I'm asking a tall order today. Abraham, will you be willing to bring me your son, your only son? Are you willing to bring me your bread, your only bread? How am I going to respond? God tells the man of God, give your tithe first. Give your offering first. But I got bills due. Car needs tires. My lights they get disconnected. My water could get choked. You know what I would do without electricity right now? Nothing. Stoves electric. Microwaves electric. Refrigerators electric. Freezers electric. Lights are electric. But I have never seen the righteous forsaken. And I'm not just talking about the word of God. I have never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging for bread. I'm not preaching today to take up an offering. But I am preaching today to encourage somebody. If God asks for all that you have left, it will not be all you have left. She went and did according to the saying of Elijah. She and he and her house did eat many days. Now, what would have happened What would have happened if she had just said, well, Tommy, come here, buddy. I'm going to make you the cake first. And then if there's enough left over, we'll, we'll give it to the man of God. I believe when she would have lifted the barrel's lid, it would have been empty. Because the order was out of whack. But instead, she tapped back into what God had been dealing with her about. There's a man of God, Elijah, coming. I've sustained him. I've worked on his spirit. And I know that you are running out of food. If you'll sustain him, I'll take care of you. You cannot outgive God. You can't give God more time than he can restore. You can't give God more talent than he can handle. You can't give God more treasure than he can handle. 
He said, try me and see if I won't pour out from the windows of heaven. Now, that's, that's the crux of the matter. I have to try him first, Sister Kim. Too many times our, our natural thinking says, okay, God, you pour it out and then I'll try. That's not faith. That's not faith. But God's saying, if you'll step out, I'll do it. If you'll step out, I'll honor it. The woman went and did according to the saying of Elijah. She and he and her house did eat many days. And the barrel of meal wasted not. Neither did the cruise of oil fail. According to the word of the Lord which he spake by Elijah. So even in the middle of this severe drought, even in the middle of this famine, of which God was making a point against the worshipers of Baal, and that their God was not in control of the rain and the harvest, even in the middle of all of that, even in all of the things that were going on around them, God said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open a pocket of the miraculous right here. I'm not just going to supply for my man. I'm going to supply for this family. Let me tell you that God always positions his people to be sustained and to experience the miraculous. He first used the ravens in the morning and in the evening by the brook. But secondly, he used a widow's barrel of flour and her cruise of oil that never became empty told you that the word cherith means cut but the word zarephath means refinement i know that there's going to be some fire i know there's going to be some heat that's turned up and it's going to require me to make decisions that go against the grain of my humanity but god i just it was not an easy thing for elijah to look at that woman who's no doubt skin and bones her little boy looking emaciated and say, hey, just go ahead and give that to me first. He was not some egotistical maniac. But when God gave him a word, he said, I have to obey. Let me tell you what ends up happening for time's sake. This woman adds on to her home a room for the prophet. But she doesn't add it on to the side of her house. Man. The Bible tells us very plainly that she builds it on top of her house. Man of God, we want to live under the umbrella of your anointing. We want to live under your authority. We want to live under the covering. We don't want the famine to stop what God is doing in our lives. We don't want the, the, the coming of rain to stop. And so we would read later on that this woman's son is dead. The very son that God provided meal and oil for in order to, uh, to, to preserve his life. 
Bible says that she goes and she finds Gehazi and Elijah. And Elijah tells Gehazi, go carry that boy up. That's how we know the room was on top of the house. Go carry him up to the chamber that she made for me. Bible says that Elijah goes and that boy is laid out on his bed and he lays down on top of that boy face to face stand up get up face to face and he starts praying God this woman obeyed this woman made room. That boy starts sneezing. And Elijah carries him down. Because it, it extended beyond just the obeying of God's word. The room that I made saved. My babies! I told you I'm feeling nostalgic today. First time I preached this message, I was 12 years old. Still as true today as it was when I couldn't even get the words out. God's saying... Elijah, I put it in her heart to sustain you. And Elijah's saying, God, I'm pleading with your heart. Preserve the life of this boy. And we see the principle come into play that God will never leave a person where he finds them. He found this widow of Zarephath emaciated and starving. He found this boy emaciated and starving. And he lifted them up. But they grabbed hold of the godly principles. She said, I'll give you what I've got. I'll give to God what I've got. I know it doesn't feel like a lot right now, but saint of God, I'm telling you that if you'll come to this altar with what you've got, God will pour something out that will transcend generations. It will explode into anointing. It will explode into revelation. It will explode into an atmosphere that gives life. You carry that boy up into the room that you made for me. You thought that you were just doing something nice so Elijah had a place to stay when he was in town. But what you've done is you've created a portal for the supernatural. What you've done is you've created an environment for God to reach out to your family. Honey, I know you don't have a lot. I know I'm asking for everything that you've got right now. But if you'll just go back to the barrel one more time, you'll find what God...
God has for you. You'll find another blessing. You'll find another bit of, of anointing. You'll find another bit of provision. Let me preach to you today. It doesn't matter if the economy turns upside down and everybody else is losing out and everybody else's lives are falling apart. If you'll stay true to God, if you'll get in his presence... God's wanting to set his people up for blessing. Amen. We're creating atmospheres. For the heathen. Cut the recording, please. <laughs>